you will adopt them, you will find the right dog or the right cat at the right time, you will find the right child, the right parent, the right best friend, just by being yourself and following your heart. It's automatic. Be led by joy. Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Thoughts become things. Welcome to another spiritual tune-up. All right, today's question uh, comes up again and again. I've touched on the answer several times, <clears throat> but every time I go there, I come up with a different answer slightly. So I think this is fun, and my gosh, is it empowering. How to know all things. Pretty sweeping, I know, pretty sweeping. How to know all things. There was once a phrase uh, that I put in one of my books. Uh, there is nothing more empowering to the human experience than understanding the nature of reality. There's nothing more debilitating in the human experience than not understanding the nature of reality. And contrary to popular thinking, it's within your reach. Now, I'm not going to take you to the gaseous makeup of black holes, but I'm going to tell you how you can know enough to find peace and be happy, to be a manifesting king or queen, to live the life of your ultimate dreams. It is so easy. Very specifically, this question arose at the end of last week. Mike, how do you know we choose all the things you say we choose, like our parents, the stage that we'll live our lives upon, um, what we are likely to experience in each physical incarnation. Let me go further. You chose your name. Your name. Your parents did not choose it. You chose it. You chose everything and you knew what you were doing from the zenith of your magnificence. Now let me share how I got to that place prior to finding it echoed in countless amazing books. Early on, being raised a Catholic, not finding the answers I wanted, even as an early teenager. Like, why would God do mean things to bad people? Why wouldn't he fix them? Why wouldn't he ex accept responsibility for them? Why wouldn't he be able to use eternity to rehabilitate folks? Why wouldn't he forgive them? You know, those kind of questions, could there be a hell? Could there be a devil? Not being answered by the church or my parents or anybody that I knew of 13 years old led me within and my inner searchings and this is no big deal i'm not claiming that i'm smart because i'm not really that smart my dog is smarter than me but by going within your wandering wondering mind will literally attract to you ideas that you've been told not to trust you've been told read more books those are other people's ideas and i'm honored that you watch these but my intention is to get you to stimulate your own wandering, wondering mind so that you can latch on to the truth because there is a truth in all things. It's not like maybe you chose your name, maybe you didn't chose your name, maybe you chose this lifetime, maybe you didn't. Some people did some. No, it, the truth is the truth is the truth. It is absolute. It is all empowering. It is benign. It is friendly. It is couched in love. How did I get there? So, so I'm drawing conclusions that I, I shared with a few grown-ups who thought I was loopy. That time, and I'll share how I got to these conclusions, and then I'll share how these conclusions kind of built a rock I could go to with other new ideas to test against. So in the beginning, with thoughts about God and reality and why the heck are we here and what's the point of it all, it's not hard to realize that everyone's doing their best. 
that a lot of people are lost and confused, totally scared to pieces, that some people have great guardians and other peoples are abandoned, neglected, and violated. And so how could God come and say, well, you've been bad. It doesn't matter that you were a basketball as a child. It doesn't matter that... Um, you know, that you had a terrible upbringing, no parental love, you just did bad. I was like, everyone's doing their best. There can't possibly be a hell. God would never pass judgment. We all go to that same place. There has to be divine intelligence because of the splendor in the world. Come on, consciousness did not spring from matter. No scientist has ever shown that. So why would there be an assumption that we evolved out of amoebas? Yes, there's such a thing as evolution, but it is not the explanation of consciousness in time, space, and matter. Please, nothing on a scientific scale would indicate that that might be the case. There is creationism, the mind of God, the genius that put 100 million species on planet Earth alone. Hello, it's so beautiful. It's life on heaven on Earth. So if there's no devil, no hell, and if thinking about this a little more, what would we be made of if not of God, divine consciousness? You know, God doesn't have a shed out in the lower 40. It's like, you know, it's all God. There's only God, okay? So, of course, there's no devil, there's no hell, and we are born of God. We are pure God. This is not difficult. A child, a child did do this. Many children who go there and you going there can connect these dots. And while you can't right away connect every dot, although I promised that in the title here, ultimately you can, you can connect the dots that will give you peace. So you can easily deduce that there can't be anything made of non-God, because where would it come from? Like there wasn't the world and then God showed up and said, what will I make people out of? You know, we are all experiencing reality in the mind of God. We are pure, pure, pure God. Yes, we do some funky messed up stuff, but that's part of the adventure, and we're learning our way back to the top of the summit of glory, if you will. Why for the adventure of it? Why? Because we're safe. Why? Because it's just one big dream. So connecting some more dots uh, in my early teenage years, I would simply reason time cannot be what we think it is. Because a human lifetime, like say 150 years, on a timeline that goes to infinity either way, which is what scientists would say, becomes irrelevant and invisible and does not matter. No human life matters on a timeline. Okay? But yet we know that our lives do matter. The, the, the world revolves around us individually. It does. And that's not a selfish, greedy thing. It's we are creators. That's how our worlds revolve around us. Suddenly you get that time must be an illusion. Simply saying it's not what we thought it was. If time's an illusion, that means space is an illusion. If you looked at a human being in, in outer space and considered the vastness of the physical universe, they're not there and they don't matter. They do not matter. But we do matter. And so it can't be that, that space has this weight of importance that would even come close to the importance of you. So time, space, and matter contained by time and space must not be what we think it is. And scientists are there. Matter is not solid. It's whirling organized energy. When you get that we are of God, by God, pure God, and when you get that time, space, and matter are illusions, and when you get through further deductive reasoning, confirmed with books and teachers and uh, gospel even, that we create our future, um, believe and you shall receive. doesn't say believe and you shall receive and accept God and don't eat fish on Friday and then um, you shall receive. It says believe and you shall receive. No caveats. No, no nothing else. Um, and then you look at the doctrines of positive thinking, which is embraced and celebrated the world over by athletes and all overachievers. When you realize that the reason there's a power to positive thinking and that you believe and you receive, you realize it's your focus, your chosen focus. Holy cow. You're directing God. When you think about this, there goes God. When you think about that, there goes And your God, your thoughts in space slow down 
into a manifestation, visible form, now part of the illusions. This is what manifestation is. This is thoughts become things. You suddenly realize one of your superpowers as a God particle is that what you think about, you bring about. It's making sense, doesn't it? And there's no judgment. Everyone can be rehabilitated. Everybody gets a second chance. Everybody gets a millionth chance. Everybody gets a trillionth chance. And we're just scratching the tip of the iceberg with regard to eternity. Then you start realizing that the dream of here and now, why not call it a dream? It's an illusion. It's more holographic than it is tangible in a reality sense, right? Now, there's so many tangents here that confirm this. Near-death experiences, all those stories, uh, biblical references, other holy book references, meditation and uh, these enlightened experiences that so many have, including enlightenment itself, all made possible because it's all illusions. We're all of God and we're living a dream, the dream of here and now, an eternal now, an eternal here, wherever you are, there you are. The sun, the moon, and the stars wrap themselves around you. You change the stars in the night sky just like you change your palm, I said last week, by changing your thoughts, your beliefs, your expectations, your behaviors, your words. When you get that you're living, okay, when you have a dream at night, at night and you're asleep, um, yeah, there's gravity, there's light, there's other people, you're processing thoughts, you're creating, you're streaming manifester, even though in the dream you think it's reality. Oh my God. When you're dreaming in a nighttime dream bubble, you think it's reality. Because it looks real, it feels real, it's, but you know, right now you know. You were laying out on your bed and none of that was happening. It was all fake. But in the dream you thought it was real. That's the dream of here and now. We're in the dream, we think it's real, but here... We can wake up, and we are. This conversation is a, a woke conversation to the extreme, if you will. We're talking about the fact that we must be of the mind that created this. We must be eternal beings. Time and space must be illusionary. And if this is a dream, just like you have the traps and the settings and the gravity and a name, who do you think gave you your name in your nighttime dream? Now, generally, you dream of yourself, and so you have the same name. But would it be possible for you to have a dream at night, and suddenly you're not tall, bald, and handsome. You're, you're someone else. I mean, how can I compete with that? You're someone else, right? And in that someone else, in that dream, you might be called, you know, Babette, right? Right? Who gave you that name, Babette, in that dream? The whole thing is your creation. You did. Now, in that dream, you've got a mommy and you've got a daddy and you've got friends and enemies and you're having a big argument. Um, and you're going to say in the dream, well, everybody knows my parents gave me my name. It's your dream. That's a handy little memory to help make it all tie together seamlessly. But you spontaneously create a dream bubble, a dream stage every single night and there's all this mathematics and physical laws and gravity and the earth and everything including your name you created it all you streamed it into place why for the adventure why for the fun why because you could why why not you live forever this is one of many ways you entertain yourself that you grow that you're enriched that you feel love and loved this is what's going on so in my life, this was the trajectory of, of my own inner deductions. Some of what I just shared with you, I did not deduce on my own. But I quickly started discovering books in my late teenage years and in my early 20s. I often name the Seth books by Jane Roberts. Jane Roberts, deceased, she channeled Seth. Then I found Ramtha. Then I found Life and Teachings of the Masters of the Far East. My recommended reading list is at tut.com at the bottom footer about look for about Mike, look for recommended resources, and you'll see my top 15 books that I recommend. Um, that list is about to expand to 30 when we have our new website launch really soon. But back to the point, when I started reading these profound books that had no agenda, they were not asking for money, there was just this amazing 
fount of truth and knowledge that would help any reader live a more joyful life. No agenda. And it was like, oh my God, there's all of my ideas and a thousand others that say the exact same thing. That this is a dream, that you are powerful, that you are loved, um, that nothing is what you think it is, but that doesn't take away from its beauty and its importance in your journey. And so suddenly, go look at my recommended reading, and, and now I know so well, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of amazing books out there that confirm everything that I just said, that confirm everything that anybody could deduce. You can find the answer and the truth to all things by going within, contemplative thought. That's what I call it now. I still do it. This is way easier than meditating. This is even easier than creative visualization. This is just going and wondering as you go for a walk, as you take a nap, as you take a shower, as you walk through the mall or whatever you're doing, how could it be? And why would that be? And what is the point? And what can I do? And where can I go? And how can I love? And what could I see that I'm not now seeing? And you're going to get the answers. And then you're going to draw books to you that confirm the answers. Hopefully, this spiritual tune-up is a confirmation of your own inner suspicions about life. There's no doubt in my mind that this is the case. Give credit where credit is due. You knew the truth all along. It's in your DNA. It's who you are. You're dreaming. Right this moment, you're dreaming. Thoughts become things. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Um, the other day, I gave a talk on heredity, behaviors, genes, and how we can rewrite our stars. And that those functions, including repetitive behavior, so-called inherited, is more because our family... Um, is made up of people we chose to be with who are learning the same lessons as us. And that prompted the question about soul families and how and when do we return with soul families? What kind of clusters and groups are there? Somebody asked, what about adoptions? Really juicy, fun stuff. And when you know the truth about anything, it empowers you. It erases question marks. It gives you traction. So that's what these spiritual tune-ups are all about. To give you a better handle on truth. It is absolute. It is benign. It is empowering. And it leaves nobody behind. So let's talk about soul families. In the most technical way, beyond really my comprehension, I'm sure... In the beginning, even though time is an illusion, there was some kind of descendants, as opposed to ascending a descendants from the mind of God, uh, just God particles descending. And I'm sure it could probably be viewed in an, in an objective, almost mechanical way, where certain shards of light um, and sparkles and swooshes uh, descended in clusters. And there you would have the first soul families. But what is light anyway but love and information? That's what light is, information. It is love, love, information, truth. Same, 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 same. And so... Since we're all of God, by God, pure God, we're all of the same soul family. Yet, I know what you mean, and you are right. There are certain groups, certain collectives, certain, you know, gatherings where the folks are on the same page. Sometimes I look at people and they dance really cool, you know, and you just can't stop watching them. Usually, you know, for me, it's watching a woman dance in a certain way, um, whatever it is for you. But then you see somebody else dance and you're like, what planet are they from? Where did that come from? <clears throat> I think in a crude way, you're also seeing reflections of something that you resonate with. Instantly, you know, this is family. This is you. This is your vibration. And other times it's like, like, what is that? And it's just as cool to somebody else, but not you. And those are indications of perhaps a resonance of where you're at in your vibrations, in your love, in your evolution of consciousness and those create clusters so 
soul families have nothing to do with genetics uh, in the physical human body, for example. And as I shared yesterday, when I talked about um, choosing your own name and um, that, that the logistics and circumstances of time and space are all organized outside of time and space, and then we experience them here. The same is true when it comes for an adoption. Okay, somebody who is adopted could be way more a member of your spiritual family as your adopted child, brother, or sister than somebody who was genetically born of the same family. Um, you might have many reasons to not want to be with your soul family for an incarnation two or 2,000. Sometimes by not having those kind of support systems, you're forced to learn more independently on your own instead of relying on everybody to wipe your nose and, um, and treat you as if you were the baby of the family. And so not every genetically organized human family of a mom and a dad or a dad and a dad and kids adopted or otherwise are part of the same soul clan. They could be. Often they are. But there's certainly no requirement. We go best where we learn and love the most. We choose to be on stages where there will be the likelihood and the probabilities for our blooming and blossoming. And that doesn't mean the yellow brick road. Sometimes it might be the school of hard knocks that's going to kind of wake some sense into you quicker, faster, bigger, better than just being lulled about, you know, in the lap of luxury for 20,000 lifetimes in a row. Seth would say you often would learn far more. It's not a requirement, but you might learn we often do learn far more in a challenging incarnation than in an easy incarnation. We can totally feel that right away, right? You know, everybody loves you. You're totally beautiful. Everything works in your life. It's like, you know, you don't know what life is like for somebody who has to dig within for answers, solutions, um, and to find an easier path than what they've landed on. So here's an interesting thing. Not only, as I shared yesterday, do groups of people, call them soul families, come together in a family under the same roof because of lessons they need to learn together or to complement one another's lessons, but sometimes communities, sometimes your next door neighbor. I've got one I've known for decades. I love him. It's such a freaky Thing, and I know that there's a past life connection, just, just such a soul brother. But it could be your next door neighbor, or it might not be. It could be a whole neighborhood, or most of the members of that neighborhood. It could be a city. It could be a region in a country. It could be a country. They all learn the same kind of lessons together. Right now, most Americans, I hate to generalize, but most Americans are learning X, Y, and Z. Most Europeans are learning A, B, and C, and none's better than the other. Most Chinese and or whatever are, are learning different things. Individually, they're living their lives. Collectively, they're living their lives. And oh my gosh, so much is being accomplished on every front, individual and in communities. It has been said by many profound authors in fabulous books that in the time of Atlantis, and of course I believe in Atlantis, I've talked about that in other tune-ups, in the time of Atlantis, one of the community and individual lessons by that collective, by that family, if you will, who was otherwise learning so well together and breaking through spiritual glass ceilings, if you will, aware of crystal power and camaraderie and love, they also let their lust for power and technology outstrip their spiritual maturity, which led, as many will tell you, many tales and channeled works will tell you, led to their ultimate demise. Um, I won't go into the logistics of their demise, except that it led to the sinking of the continent, 
which was what they brought about through confusion, putting spirit, putting technology and the like ahead of love and growth. And so that lesson needed to be learned clearly by a majority of Atlanteans who are now getting another chance at learning the same collective lessons on planet Earth today in the guise of various nationalities that are struggling with and balancing technology, spirituality, love, joy, the pursuit of excellence, power versus force, all of those things. So your spiritual family is everywhere. Uh, sometimes they're nowhere. By design, as I laid out in the beginning of this, adoption, not adoption, the thing that is most mind-bending always in these jungles of time and space is the question of logistics. You know, how can they all, how could all these people in Scotland who are loving and so family-oriented work it out logistically so that their kin are being born there and that you can reincarnate that... Remember, the logistics that you see with your physical senses are big lies. It's like watching the logistics on the silver screen in a movie theater. It's like, oh my God, Brad Pitt got to the top of the mountain. It's the same time as me. Oh, what a coincidence. We're going to live happily ever after. Then the lights come on. <clears throat> but that whole scenario was drafted long before the film was shot. And it was casted and planned and directed and segues and the ending of the movie was filmed before the beginning of the movie so that when somebody watched it in the com comfort of their recliner seat in the theater it would all make sense on a timeline and the logistics just took care of themselves oh my god it was so serendipitous same as life everything is assembled outside of the the curtains of time and space. And then we wake up, bingo, in a dream, and we think we're living on this linear timeline, and everything just kind of fell together. And oh, thank God I met so-and-so when I did, and thank God I had this great idea when I did. All of that were circumstances that were hatched because you had earlier dreams and results, sometimes fears, that forced the logistics, the manifestations, to appear on a timeline that you would then manifest and experience as you went through your waking life. It was all created elsewhere and nothing is what it seems to be. We think in, a, in the dream of light, in the dreams at night, that it's all linear. But of course, nothing is. You can just all of a sudden appear somewhere and have a built-in past that's completely fake. Same with the dream of life. So don't worry about the logistics. Don't try to pin the tail on the donkey. It is not going to work. There's so much more going on. You resonate with those who, who think and vibe like you. And that's how you will find your spiritual family. They will find you. Don't worry about logistics. You will adopt them. You will find the right dog or the right cat at the right time. You will find the right child, the right parent, the right best friend. Just by being yourself and following your heart. It's automatic. Be led by joy and all else will take care of itself. Thoughts become things. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. And boy, have you been asking some profound questions and boy, do you deserve answers. I'm going to tackle perhaps the biggest, most awful most challenging question possible because you deserve answers and because not knowing the truth or being told that some things aren't to be known, you give away your power and you set yourself up for a fall. Life is easy. It is the ultimate figure outable. You can totally get your groove on without thinking that you're vulnerable. So let's talk about the horror of the Holocaust and other disgusting things that happen in time and space. These are your questions. This is my best attempt at an answer that you deserve. Uh, Mike, I can't help but wonder, given that I talk about thoughts become things, that there's only love that the universe wants for you, what you want for you, I can't help but wonder how it was ever possible for the Holocaust to have been manifested. Could you please shine your light on this and other horrors of history? Nothing I'm about to share is going to put a smiley face on the horror and disgusting, despicable things that people have done, do do, will do. I'm not trying to do that. But again, if I can patch up a hole 
in your tapestry of understanding the nature of reality, you will go farther, faster, in more love for a better, happier life. So let's go there. It's okay. There's nothing to fear, but fear itself. Um, if I could take you to this edge of a new dimensional reality, and you knew that you were of God, by God, pure God, which you truly are right now. And you knew that nothing could ever happen to you that would diminish or take away from your brilliance, your magnificence, and your license to eternity. And I said, over there, there is the most beautiful galaxy containing the most beautiful make-believe planet that you could possibly imagine. Truly, heaven on earth. Heaven objectified into stark um, beauty and uh, objectivity and symbiotic relationships and just, just a heaven you can't imagine. And I'm inviting you to join me there for the flickering of an instant. But during that flickering of an instant, it will seem like forever. You will forget where you are. You will not remember making the decision to be here. You will not even see the love that you are bathed in, though you will always be bathed in love. And there, if you venture, while there will be free will and anything could happen next, you will be surrounded by guides and all things will be possible for whatever it is you believe in. Would you like to go there with me and, and taste and play in a heaven unimaginable heretofore? And I assure you, we're going to return unscathed, more for the journey. I kind of think you would, but just to make sure you're ready, I'm going to share a little bit more about what might happen there. As I already said, while it'll seem like it's totally real, nothing will be real. It'll be, and I'm talking to you today as who you really are, it'll be like a nighttime dream. In your nighttime dreams, they seem totally real. No matter what's happening, oh my God, racing heart. But in the flickering of an instant, you're on the other side and you're like, oh, it was just a dream. Oh my God, it was a beautiful dream or a scary dream. It enriched me, it made me more, but it was just a dream. And I have forever and ever and ever before me. So it's gonna seem real. Um, free will will reign in this new galaxy. Anything goes to thereby know love in all of its greatest splendor. Might be a bumpy ride, but it'll ultimately reveal a, an understanding and an empathy and a magnificence to love that you cannot now imagine. Um, no manifestation could ever happen in this new realm that we're going to adventure in for the flickering of a second. No manifestation could happen unless those affected in any way, shape, or form, good, bad, or ugly, volunteer not consciously, but through believing that whatever might transpire could transpire. There has to be that window of opportunity or there's no volunteers and there's no manifestation. Anything could happen, but to anybody involved, even if they're a witness from the other side of the planet by watching the nightly news, they will be a co-creator of it for their own reasons. And it will happen based on the possibility set up by their own belief system. It's a free will kind of place. You see, before we make that plunge, that given the crazy primitive nature, as I always talk about in these tune-ups, of where the present inhabitants are. I mean, most of them are totally lost in space, literally. Some are really confused. Some are really hurting in this flickering of an instant. And they think the only way to salvation is through violence and anger. You see all these probabilities, but you see the beauty everywhere. And that even these people are bathed in love. You see probabilities where maybe your life might be cut short. But you're shown that even if your life is cut short, there will still be room, unbelievable room, for love, growth, 
learning and lessons. You see that even though your life might, because there's no destiny, be cut short, its sad and ugly ending will not characterize the entire life. And you will have forever and ever and ever beyond this flickering of an instant in eternity. You will see that a lifetime from this high lofty perspective is so much more than a lifetime. It is frolicking. It is joy. It is infinite possibilities. And every single lifetime in the beginning of the evolution of consciousness on a brand new baby budding planet is a building block for all of the lifetimes that will come. And you will see that whatever horrors transpire, and they will be the exception, they will not be the norm, whatever horrors transpire will be a shocking wake-up call to the survivors, to those who perpetrated it, and to those who innocently watched on the other side of the world through history books or, or their news coverage. A shocking wake-up call that if we don't act responsibly in every regard, intruding, including treating our brothers and sisters with love and dignity and respect at the superficial level of minimum wage or at the deep level of survival and murder, then this could happen to anybody. Suddenly, these aren't victims. These are volunteers of the most galactic and vibrant and I, miss, I'm, I don't have all the words I would like to use, nature. We're all volunteers. We all have our hearts on a silver platter. We're all here a little bit scared. We all know that crazy shit can happen. We all know that this is the wild, wild west, the cutting edge of reality creation where God is stripped bare and doesn't even know who God is, running around terrified amidst the beauty, with love everywhere second chances, rehabilitation, and eternity before you. Whether you live five years or 500 years or five trillion years through millions of lifetimes, it's nothing compared to eternity. It's not reality, which does not take away from its beauty and which does not disrespect that disgusting, ugly, filthy, awful, rotten things happen in time and space. But thinking that anybody could be a victim, thinking that bad stuff happens to good people, thinking that God is angry and we're being judged and tested, and there goes your power. If you're aware of an atrocity, if you think bad things are happening next door or on the other side of the world, let spirit move you. Do something about it. Be part of the building blocks, which you can't not be, to a society and a world and a future with those who follow our ancestors that will live in a world where such things will never ever happen again. Possible by the volunteers now alive in a world where most manifest manifestations are completely unintentional. You are an eternal being. You are loved and adored. You are guided, you are protected. Uh, what happens to you, where you are, these are not who you are. These are little tiny baby steps within a flicker of the love that's made our lives possible. Nothing I have said justifies the hideous and the disgusting. It is both of those things. Nothing I have said puts anybody at fault or at blame. Please look at my other spiritual tune-ups where I talk about the concept of blame the victim. Nothing I have said makes anything ugly okay. It's wrong. And if you've been violated, go file, go press charges, go file a lawsuit, go stick up for your rights, be part of the healing of the world. Make your voice known, stick up for the defenseless. We're all here doing our best, even those lost, misguided, vile souls who perpetrate horrors on humanity are sparks of God. They will be rehabilitated. Nothing is beyond the scope of divine intelligence, which doesn't mean it's okay what they did, and it doesn't mean we can't act to stop such atrocities. So you see, it's a very complicated uh, equation, um, and, and ugly, terrible, awful, unspeakable things are happening in this very moment. 
Um, but it's making possible a mosaic of infinite possibilities that could not otherwise exist. And for all of us volunteers, and we are all volunteers, we're all susceptible to falling off the tracks, to being so confused that we act through anger and violence towards others out of sheer ignorance and naivety. We're all volunteers here building what will be a utopian existence in these sacred jungles of time and space. And despite circumstances, we are bathed in love and guidance is everywhere. And it's still a beautiful world. And do not lose hope and do not buy into the conspiracies and do not believe that, that, that right now there are people plotting on planet Earth to, to rule and to manipulate and to fill their wallets at your expense. Most people that are that evil-minded are also too stupid to pull off such a caper amongst such beauty and love. And yes, you can point to ugly people who have done ugly things on a mass level like Adolf Hitler, but that's not going on right now. There's nothing like that going on right now in the Western part of the world. Uh, peace and love to Myanmar and the people who are suffering under dictatorships right now. But those who are worried about some of the conspiracy ideas that are floating around right now, see the beauty, see the love. Yes, there's misguided profit-seeking individuals, but you live in a paradise and you're guided by your higher senses and it's going to be okay. We are ushering in a golden era right now through 2021, through lockdown, through pandemics, through self-reflection, through seeing what our ignorance has wrought so far. It's a beautiful world. It's all is well. Those survivors are alive forever and ever. They've come back and reincarnated um, in this world and in other worlds. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley reminding you that your thoughts become things. Welcome to another spiritual tune-up. Yesterday was a doozy. Thank you very much for the the kind comments below Facebook and Instagram pertaining to the Holocaust and other horrible manifestations in these sacred jungles of time and space. So today I'm going to let you off the hook. It's going to be a real easy one, but a great question nonetheless that comes from a lot of kind of old school thinkers, but we carry it over from those days when we were all old school. Mike, is it better to have high or low expectations. That is a trick question because without even stating it, there is an implied reason to ask to find the greatest happiness. Mike, is it better to have high or low expectations if you want to be really, really happy? Okay, that's implied. It's not stated, but when you state it, perhaps you too suddenly see that that question is fatally flawed, hopelessly broken, because it implies that there is to be an attachment of one's joy and happiness to their expectations. If you're attaching your happiness to expectations, you are going down. It's just a matter of time. Sometimes you'll win, sometimes you'll lose. You'll be all over the place. It's like life is rocking you around like you were a yo-yo because you've attached your joy to circumstances. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Now, if you were going to play that silly old game and attach your happiness to circumstances, by all means, go with low expectations. Why? Because more often and quicker, you'll be in a place where you have permission to be happy. But better than that, be happy first. Be happy now. The list you could create for why you ought to feel joy this moment would be a mile long. There are always 10,000 more reasons to feel and express joy than there are reasons to not. Life itself is this unending parade through paradise 
Oh my God, where the cards are stacked in your favor, where every new day there's a brand new sunshine, the board is wiped clean and you can start all over again. Every day you get to write a ticket. Every day opportunity knocks. Every day there's more than enough worms than for just the early bird. There's so many reasons to be happy. If you can be happy and have high expectations simultaneously, not making one dependent on the other, not viewing them as mutually exclusive. Oh my gosh, amazing. You will be surprising yourself again and again and again with your manifestations, your good luck, and your incredible cool serendipities that yield the most amazing manifestations if you can be happy and have high expectations. But if you can be happy, you're there already. Now, that is not to say don't have desires, do have desires. And with those desires, have high expectations, but be happy first. Expect a miracle, but be happy before it shows up and it will show up all the quicker. Jumbo fellow adventurers, today's question uh, from a viewer allows me to talk about one of my favorite talking points, the, the fact that we are naturally inclined to succeed. The question is this, Mike, how can we cancel negative, fearful thoughts? Can we undo the thoughts we've been sending out to the universe? For example, I was emotional and thought of something selfish. When my awareness kicks in, I'd like to delete those thoughts from space. Um, all right, you cannot unthink thoughts, but remember that you are of God, by God, pure God, here by choice, inclined to succeed. You are so much more positive than you have any idea, far more positive than you give yourself credit for, that you got out of bed this morning, speaks volumes for your inclination to make it through and even thrive in another day. So that you think little thoughts or 17 hours worth of fear. Remember, as I've taught, it is as if your positive thoughts are 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now, that might sound too good to be true, right? And it's like, okay, he's this motivational guy. And uh, yeah, wouldn't it be nice and in a perfect world and... You know what one of my neighbors once told me at a Christmas party? You know, your neighbors don't know what you do. They're not into the woo-woo and they don't know what I do. She's like, uh, Mike, I found your website. I'm like, oh, you did? Oh my God. Like, and I'm waiting for her to be like, wow, it was so cool. And she's like, wishful thinking. That's what I call what you do, Mike. Wishful thinking. And then you hear me say on a Friday, your positive thoughts are 10,000 times more positive, po powerful than your negative thoughts. 10,000 times is absolutely an understatement. You got to be like, well, it's Friday. Give it to them. Who knows? What the hell? Blah, blah, blah. No. As I love to share, being of the divine, by the divine, for the divine, here by choice. You existed before this incarnation began. You knew what was going on from the zenith of your magnificence, from the brilliance you could see, the entire panacea of reality. And you said, me, there, now. You knew what you were doing. You saw the probabilities. You saw the challenges, the lions, tigers, and bears, but more than anything else, you saw the love. And you knew that you would fall in love and you would be loved. And it would just be this amazing adventure in these sacred jungles of time and space being played out in the palm of God's hand. Where everything that happens and everything that doesn't makes you more. And so you're here to roll like thunder, baby, and get it on and follow your dreams and, and just live with passion. That's why we're here. Full stop. No testing, judging, sentencing. You're not a random speck of dust that evolved from an amoeba. Where did amoebas come from anyway? And why do we still have amoebas today? Evolution exists, so does creationism. And this is the beauty and the bounty of it all. 
You chose this lifetime to adventure and to frolic and to grow and to soar. And therefore, given that you are this tidal wave of intergalactic, joyful, unbounded energy, when you think thoughts in alignment with your true nature, the truth. So forget positive thoughts, negative thoughts. That's just my judgment or somebody else's judgment. When you think thoughts in alignment with truth, that it's all God, that there's only love, that everyone's doing their best, that we end up in the same place, the heart of God. Those thoughts, boom, 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 they sustain you. They become things. Uh, it's just this unending domino effect and an upward spiral lifts off. When you think thoughts out of alignment with truth, what we normally call negative, but that's labeling with emotional tags, like, I'm dumb, it won't work, nobody likes me, God is angry, people are mean, I'm just an amoeba with a billion years of evolution. Those thoughts don't become things very easily. Or oh, they can do, you can do it, but it's really hard. Like you learned in grade school, it's easier to smile. It takes fewer muscles than to frown. That's pretty darn cool. It's easier to laugh. You've been doing it your whole life than to cry. You cry, you laugh 10,000 times more than you cry. The proof is everywhere of your natural born inclination to succeed, which is reflective of your natural positivity. And so you've got this unspoken positivity that permeates every cell of your body. And so last night you were thinking bad thoughts about some jerk down the road. You don't even need to cancel them. Everyone's entitled to some jerk thoughts. Everyone's entitled to a bad day. Everyone's entitled to a bad year, decade, lifetime, millennia, all right? But when you know what we know, you bounce back faster. The cards are stacked in your favor. You totally got this. Change the channel in your mind and boom, you're going with the current. You were swimming against the current last night when you were thinking those thoughts. You don't have to undo them. You just have to surrender to who you really are. Be focused on the things that put a smile on your face that make you laugh realize the evidence of what i'm saying is your whole life you're healthier by a million miles than you are sick you have friends more than you've ever been alone with no one to call you've never had a day in your life with no friend okay you, you've got clarity more than you're confused you have money more than you're broke you have i mean just name it you're killing it so you have a bad day. So you have some negative thoughts. You don't need to worry that you worry. You're here to thrive and you're doing it. You're doing it, brothers and sisters. And it's Friday. You're going to thrive even more. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!